Welcome to the Bold Money Revolution podcast. This is your source for straight-talking, no-fluff, business and high-performance conversations that add real depth and value to the way bold leaders live, work, and thrive. I'm your host, Tara Newman. I'm here to show you how to optimize your performance as a leader so that you can grow a business that is profit-rich, efficient, and allows you to generate real tangible wealth for yourself and others. We are here to help you lead with your values, to perform without overwhelm and burnout, and to do your most important work in the world. Hey, Tara here. I don't know if you've heard the exciting news, but I have a simple and easy way for you to calculate a clear revenue goal so you're able to pay yourself and have the additional money you want for those lifestyle upgrades. I hear from women all the time that navigating their numbers and spreadsheets just isn't their strength and can even be incredibly intimidating at times. So if this sounds like you, don't worry, I got you. This revenue goal calculator is programmed based on my work as a profit-first certified consultant, which means you will know exactly how much money you can afford to pay yourself, how much money you will need to save for taxes, and how much money you can put toward the running of your business. All you need to do is key in a few numbers and dare to dream. So to grab your revenue goal calculator right now, run, don't walk, and start paying yourself more, go to the boldleadershiprevolution.com forward slash revenue. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bold Money Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Tara Newman, and I'm here with Alyssa, and Alyssa is going to pronounce her last name for me. Labrac. Labrac. Okay. I should know that she's been a client of mine for almost a year. Alyssa Labrec. And Alyssa is really awesome. She's a health practitioner and she focuses on your guts, right? Alyssa, tell us what we, tell us what you do. I do. So I'm a holistic nutritionist and I help people who are struggling with the gas, that really stubborn bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and even pain, be able to feel normal again without living on restrictive diets and being medicated the rest of their life. I love Alyssa because she talks about poop. (laughs) Right. We talk about poop a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But you do it in such a great way. I really... I really appreciate the work that you do and the courage in which, and the boldness in which you do it. Thank you. I mean, if we're going to break the stigma around hard topics, we might as well have some fun while we're doing it. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So if you're someone who's listening, um, make sure after the show, if you have some gut issues, you go find, you go find Alyssa Labreck and we'll, we'll give you all of her details at the end. Alyssa is here today and we're going to talk about our experience, Alyssa's experience working with me. And there's some really cool pieces about Alyssa's story that I can't wait for everybody to hear. And I can't wait to share. But before we start, what made you want to start a business? I've always kind of said I'm unemployable. (laughs) Yep. I'm a bit unemployable in the sense that I have always been a big dreamer. I've always seen a big vision for even the places that Uh, the very few places that I was employed. And I wanted to kind of grab the the reins myself and and make something big. And so, you know, even when I was in university, I had my own interior exterior painting business to kind of pay for school. And so I've always had this entrepreneurial streak in me. My parents are entrepreneurs. But really for me, like what ended up 
moving me forward again as an entrepreneur in this field was I was really passionate about helping people fix their guts after watching my sister suffer with colitis for so many years. And on my mission to go help her, I started realizing that my gut was quite a mess and mm-hmm. ended up um, changing my life, lost 70 pounds, went back to school, became a nutritionist and became really passionate about it. And I knew one thing for sure was I didn't want to just work in a health food store and I didn't want to work in sort of like a white walled clinic environment. I really wanted to be able to help more people than just the people who were in my hometown. And that again meant that I needed to take the reins myself and build something. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of points here that you made. So um, I love that you come from an entrepreneurial family. I do too. I've always talked about entrepreneurship as being for the unemployable. Um, (laughs) It's not until recent years that it's become kind of like in vogue, like a fashion or a fad to to be an entrepreneur and, and run your own business. And so I've seen it over my lifetime with my own family about how like they just really weren't meant for they weren't cut out to take marching orders or anything like that. They were very rebellious. And so they wound up running their own businesses. And then I love how you were looking to create something you didn't see in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's what so many women are looking to do. They're looking to do their most meaningful work. They're looking to create something that they don't see. I know many women who I work with are just true experts and they're tired of being what they feel is undervalued or underrecognized in their traditional roles. And they're looking to start a business that allows them to really reward themselves differently, both monetary and non-monetary to really do the work that they were here put on this earth to do their mission, fulfill in their mission. So you're, you're hitting a lot of those, a lot of those buckets. I also really think your story is interesting because you were raised by entrepreneurs and you've had some, stuff, some beliefs, like we all have from our upbringing that were actually not really true, right? They might've been true for your parents, but that didn't mean it was going to be true for you. Oh, a hundred percent. I've had quite a bit to unpack around that actually. You have, you have, what, what, can you think of like one or two things that maybe. I think the, the biggest one that I keep, have to really keep myself grounded to stay out of is that it doesn't have to be hard. Like I don't have to constantly mm-hmm. work so hard. Mm-hmm. And even saying that still is very uncomfortable because it's like, are you sure, Alyssa? Like this is supposed, you're supposed to work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've really learned that that's, that's not the case that really only cost me my health. Mm-hmm. And it did actually cost the business profit mm-hmm. in the long run over year over year. And so I really had to, and I'm still learning to really embody the the idea that it doesn't have to be hard. I don't have to work so hard. How do you feel like that belief or, because I think you're one, probably one of the first people who has linked this belief around having to work hard to profitability. How do you think that's cost you profitability in your business? You know, working from a place of feeling like you constantly have to work hard to be profitable in business means that you're operating out of a place of fear. Mm -hmm. At least it did for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that when I'm in my fear, it squashes my creativity. It makes me not want to show up at full capacity for my clients or my community and content creation for my team. It makes it very difficult to run a profitable business <laughs> when you're in your shit. Mm-hmm. And you know what I really witnessed is sure, working hard, you know, I was successful. I grew a business, but the fear is also what made me make decisions that made the business grow slower. In fact, can you give me an example? I was so committed to it having to be hard. It actually stopped me from hiring and outsourcing Mm -hmm. on tasks that I shouldn't have been doing Mm -hmm. that a team should have been doing instead Mm -hmm. so that I could be in my zone of genius, so that I could be focusing on doing the tasks that generated profit for the business. Instead, I was designing images in Canva. I was still responding to emails, even though I had, you know, a team that was still in there. I'd still be poking my nose in other areas because I felt like it needed to be hard. So I kept myself busy and I kept myself in all of the different departments when I had incredible team to do those things. And then I, again, needed to expand out even further than that to really have, you know, backend tech stuff, again, design stuff, video editing, just all of those little nitpicky things that it feels easier. The story I told myself is it's easier just for me to do this because it'll take less time than me trying to build out all the SOPs and all the processes to be able to train someone else to take this on. And that story cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's actually cost you more because now I'm thinking about some of the other things that you had going on and I'm like, oh, I can see how this, Yeah, but we're going to talk about this because, you know, I do want to ask you around, like, what did things look like for you before we started working together? Because you had a very successful business when we started working together, you were doing great, but I do remember you being very burned out like physically ill. Yes. I was very sick when you and I started working together. And you started working with me in the Bold Profit Academy and you said it was like business therapy. Yes. (laughs) Because you, I think you needed a soft place to land and like, kind of like a step back. I, yeah. I mean, there was a lot, you know, before you and I started working together, I was again in this story of have it having to be hard. So my day-to-day life was really unhealthy. I was working 12 to 14 hour days and my schedule was back to back. I had zero boundaries. I wasn't, you know, carving out breaks or space, hardly any time to take pee breaks or even eat lunch. Mm. Um, And it was everything from running, you know, up to 25 sales calls a week to running a full client load on top of doing all the front end marketing and private messaging with my free community. And it was so much, it was so much. And I don't even know how I did it. (laughs) I got to such a place that I was so burnt out. I became very, very sick. And I spent the last year working with you really learning how to heal myself. What do you think got you hooked other than the fact that you already had this belief around it having to be hard, Mm -hmm. but 
Was there anything that was happening in your business that particularly hooked you around that, that made it hard for you to let it go? Do you mean like um, what made it difficult for me to let go of the idea of it doesn't have to be hard? Yeah. Like what kept reinforcing it for you? What like was, what were you getting out of it? Well, it's interesting because I was in the work so much. So every sales call that I ran and a client signed up, it was reaffirming like, oh, this is working. The business grew. My -hmm. business did grow. It grew four times that year. And so I was like, okay, this must work. And when I was really starting to get sick and I had to pull back and I wasn't able to show up on video as much, which has been a really big lifeline of my business... I could feel the direct hit of that. And so again, it really felt like it was affirming this belief that I needed to keep pushing. I needed to keep working harder because it's only when I show up that income comes into the business. And that's just not true. It's just not true at all. Yeah, I really so, had to restructure things and change my thinking. Yeah. So when we started working together on you and I just went and opened up our, our DMs because it started in a DM conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, you were interested and you were like, you know, what are the, the next best steps? And we kind of went back and forth and you were talking about how you're not interested in growing a big business to pat your ego, that you want financial freedom. You're not resonating with the whole model of just spend more money on ads or hire more people. Charge more, give less, scale, 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 and lose touch with delivering a transformative experience. Yeah. That you want financial freedom, but you also want to sleep at night. Yes. It's, you know, and I shared, I'll share this is I'm in such a different place now. It's hard to even remember that place, but also it's very nauseating to actually hear that again, because I do remember that. that feeling and it was debilitating. Yeah. So then you ghosted. So then you ghosted on me. I did. I did. But like, this is a part of the process, right? And this is like, I really want everyone. uh, This is really what I want to have this very real conversation around is, as, and, and Alyssa has agreed to, to have it in a way that, you know, is so beneficial for others. So then you dipped out and I remember following up with you and I remember, so for everybody listening, and I, I've explained this before, you know, the things that y'all struggle with, I struggle with too. I'm no different. I'm a human being. And things like following up with people, things like, you know, sending sales, emails, all that stuff. I struggle with it too. And I remember very specifically going back and tapping on you and being like, hey, checking in. I was actually thinking of you post one of your posts had come up in in my feed, you were talking about poop or something and it was very relatable. And so, you know, I made that comment and we started this conversation again and you thanked me for reaching back out to you because you were sitting in what you called mad resistance Mm -hmm. and you knew that you needed to sign up for the Bold Profit Academy, that you needed it on so many levels, but money had a debilitating hold on you was what you said. And this is not uncommon that folks will say this to me, money has a debilitating hold. I'm a penny pincher. I'm just like super freaked out about money. And what I always like to do is have a conversation with somebody, not to actually enroll them in the program, but but as a business owner, this this is troublesome to me because we need the exchange of money in our businesses. So I said, hey, let's just hop on a call and chat this through. 
Let's just talk about it. Right. So what were you feeling in that moment? Cause you said you, you tend to freeze. Yes. You know, my relationship with money at that point was, I don't even, I, I can only describe, I don't even have a word to, I can only describe the feeling, we'll put it that way. And so again, the way I would word it is it had a debilitating hold on me. And I'll even share to a point where there were times where it felt even uncomfortable opening up my bank accounts. And I would know there's money there, but there was just this like fear of what if there's not. Okay. So behind the scenes, look, um, there's actually a lot of money there that Alyssa was, <laughs> was hoarding. <laughs> And why I said it costs her more than what she's saying is because she was keeping a lot of cash in the business that could have been used to, yes, support her with hiring people, but also be invested so we could get it working for her and not have her working so hard for it. But but that's a tale for, for later on down the line. So what I, you know, part of what happened is you had a lot of growth in 2020. Yeah. In your business. Yes. The absolutely. year of the pandemic, really. Uh, oh, had it, a, you had a tremendous amount of growth. 100%. And I, and how much of this was just that, like you became overwhelmed by how much money you were making and you didn't know what to do with it. Well, a big part of it was that I, again, wanted to grow a big business, but it wasn't to again, pat my ego or just to be able to throw big numbers out online and say, oh, look at me. (laughs) I really wanted to have great impact on people, but I also wanted financial freedom because remember my biggest fear was not having enough and or running out. (laughs) And and so when the business started growing and I was working so hard and I'm like, oh my God, it's working. Like I also realized how do I be a steward of this money? I don't even mean being a good steward of, of like being able to make donations, which was something I wanted to be able to get to. I just meant like knowing the logistics of how do I make this business profitable? Because everyone in the online space just keeps talking about revenue and spending on more ads and, you know, hiring and hiring and all these additional expenses. And that didn't make sense to me. I was like, well, if I'm just spending more money, I'm not making more money. I'm just growing a bigger business, but the margins are still the same, you know? And so I really wanted to grow a profitable business. I wanted to understand how to manage my money. And the problem was, is as my income grew, that fear grew because it was like, holy, holy shit, I actually have to confront this right now. So that was, that was a really big piece of of having to up-level my game as, as an <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Like, and, and I think that tipping point is probably different for every person. But when you start to realize that you actually have more money than you needed just to be able to pay your bills, like when we all start our business, everyone thinks 100K is like the sweet spot. Like when I get to 100K, I'm going to be made, right? And you kind of get there and you realize, cool, made it, but I also like personally still need more money. (laughs) (laughs) After, you know, this is the problem with focusing on revenue, your actual profit take home at 100K. I don't want to say like you're still broke, but like you, you, you are, you don't have, it's not enough. It's not enough to live on. And so 
Anyways, when you start to get past that 100K though, and you start really expanding and you realize you're more than okay at home, the bills are covered, and now you have all this extra money, like what do I do with that? Like taxes, all the questions, all of the things, Um, retirement, investment, like there were so many questions. It was so debilitating. I couldn't even take action. I couldn't move. I just kept thinking about you. So that's why I was so grateful when you reached out because I was in this place of like, I, I so badly want to and need to, but I can't get myself to move. And so being able to, you know, have you say, Hey, let's just have a conversation. It felt like the handholding right. that I needed. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. And I want this to be a moment where everybody hears what Alyssa said. She was so grateful to me that I found the courage to reach out and start the conversation again right? So how many people do you perhaps have around you who are waiting for you to start this conversation again, because they might be paralyzed or having hesitations, not about you. I don't think you weren't having hesitations about me per se. Not not even, I knew I was going to sign up with you before you and I had even made contact. Right. So you were having hesitations just about, well, you tell me what were, what were the hesitations? What was stopping you? If I took action, then I would need to confront the feeling. I would need to confront the fear. I would need to actually look this thing in the face and deal with it. And it just felt a little bit easier to just ignore it and try to keep pushing (laughs) through. Avoid it. Yeah. And to avoid it. And, and, but again, I knew it's inevitable because this business is only going to, it's only going to keep growing. And I had a lot of fears around, you know, taxes and, and all that stuff that needed to be unpacked. So I really needed some confidence that I was managing my money just fine. And yeah. I remember you saying to me, if I don't know how to manage what I have, how am I going to make any more? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really common thing that women say to me. We weren't given these skills Mm -hmm. prior to having a business. A hundred percent. And I also just want to share too, like having a, having, if you've come from an entrepreneurial family as well, Mm -hmm. I really feel it's important to normalize this because I always felt like, why, why didn't I pick up more? Why didn't they teach me more? And, and that's okay too. You know, like just because you came from an entrepreneurial family, uh, that doesn't always mean a whole lot either. It sometimes means you have more to unpack. <laughs> right. And, uh, but I think, you know, what you did take away though, was you were going, wait, something about the way the online space is teaching people yes. to do business is not what I know. Like yeah. something about that, like you had enough business acumen probably from sitting around the kitchen table as a kid that unfortunately a a lot of very smart expert professional women might not have. And you were like one plus one is not equaling two here. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I admittedly drank the Kool-Aid at first. The idea of a lot of what's being promoted out there felt really exciting, you know? Yeah. Very aspirational. Totally. Um, but when you when I really started getting getting into it and listening to what was being taught, it didn't make sense. It is not they're not running profitable businesses. 
Um, what, or, were, what were some of your red flags? I'm just curious. What were some of your red flags? Just in case there's somebody here who's like, because yeah. there's a lot of cognitive dissonance around this. Mm-hmm. What I find with my clients, especially if they've been in the online space, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance because they like intellectually know what you're about to say, mm-hmm. but they keep seeing it over and over again in their news feeds being represented differently. and. It's that's hard to break. So, like, what were your red flags for you? Like, what were your I'm I'm gonna also add there, and or you may be listening to this and you're experiencing it as a client of a business coach, and you're you're feeling it. So I'll I'll speak from that perspective. I really saw in the online space there was this lack of care for you as the client or for clients in general. It was really driven by scaling and cutting back on personal touch, automation, automation, automation. And at some point, like there needs to be community, there needs to be connection, there needs to be some sort of touch point. And so that was that was a bit of a red flag for me. At first, I was just like, yeah, you know, like I really feel as a person who cares very deeply for my clients. And for, especially in health, that there needs to be a little bit more of a a connection between me and my clients that just going sheer volume, I'm only going to be able to create so much change in that person's life without me creating more of a high touch experience. But some other red flags were also this idea of just continuing to spend more money. You know, if, if you want to make more money, then you need to spend more on ads. And the whole thing was like, I would hear silly things like, well, if you could spend 5,000 and make to make 2,000 extra, like, would you? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course you'd spend 5,000 to make 2,000. Like just really the idea was as long as I was spending money and it brought money in, then that was a good decision. And that really didn't make sense to me because with bringing in more clients, there's added expenses that happen on a back-end admin level and it just wasn't translating. Uh-huh. You're only, you know, it, your ads are not your only expense. Uh-huh. And so I started to see what I was taking home getting smaller and smaller with this method of hire more people, hire more subcontractors, spend more on Facebook ads. That was a huge red flag for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had actually a really complicated sales process when we first. Yes. The sales process too of just, yeah, there was. Cause you're dealing with having to warm up cold leads. Yeah. Which was, I think what was making it pretty complicated. So I think those are really important red flags for people to check in around. I want to talk about some of the breakthroughs because I think that the breakthroughs that you've had will speak to like the flip of the red flag. So, and and we've been working together for, we just checked, it's it's about a year. You joined the Bull Profit Academy. Then we started working together one-on-one. I adore you. And you have had so many shifts, perspective changes, breakthroughs, real like moments, real big wins. But like, can you capture some that maybe have stood out to you? Let's start with money. (laughs) (laughs) I think that like the big thing that I really had to process and it was when you said 
Alyssa, you are a wealthy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just a totally different thing to be able to really have that land. And it's not about, it doesn't even really matter where you're at in your business right now. For me, what that represented was a comfortability around money and being able to be in relationship with money. So not being scared to make purchases and, you know, the decline to come up, even though, again, knowing money is there, but just like that old fear, being able to invest in the business and myself, understanding profit first. You know, I truly have zero worries now because my fear was driven by a lack of data, lack of understanding of the finances in my business. And now because I have such an easy system that literally takes me minutes once a month, I have so much data to show my nervous system, hey, you are more than okay. You're more than okay. Not only I also that, think it gave you like a framework to have conversations with your partner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really changed how my husband and I even talk about our finances and how we spend our money too. You know, we really stick to making purchases around what helps us thrive. You know, I remember doing our, our thrive list training with you. <laughs> Yes. My husband and I did it together. We do a lot of... um, Eric is very happy that I said he can have his coffees. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was counting all $45 a month that he was spending on coffees. (laughs) So the things that I laugh at now, but I know many of us um, experience, especially when you're growing a business, there's so so many unknowns. And when you are trying to chase after all of the pennies, right? I had to just like trust and surrender a little bit, but I could only do that when I implemented profit first and I had an actual system that was showing me I'm more than okay. So that was, that was a really big thing, but we've even gone so far Tara, to really simplify my business. There's still a lot of moving parts, but we've really simplified the process and kind of unfucked the like, shit that was infused into it from the online space. Pardon my potty mouth, but you know. Um, Yeah. I have an e-warning on my podcast, so it's totally cool. I actually have (laughs) uh, something that you had written in the Bold Profit Academy. Remember there was this whole thing about you posting your prices? Oh yeah. I was so scared to post my prices because I was taught you never post your prices, that you have to get them on a sales call so that you can, you know, get all of their objections out of the way and basically get them to a place of seeing that they have to value, you know, whatever you're trying to sell them. And what energy is that? Scarcity, 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 scarcity. Proving proving energy, scarcity energy, desperation. Toxic. It's toxic. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you're running from that place, you're trying to like build from that place. That is like that energy is is infused into your business and that impacts how you manage your money. You know, how you're expecting other people to invest their money in you is going to impact how you manage your money. And so I needed to unfuck my energy around money with my clients and potential clients. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot of that. You wrote, so you wrote, I've never, I've never had my prices posted 
And I remember you asked this on an office hours call. And Mm -hmm. then um, it says it was recommended to me with the thought that by listing our prices, we scare clients away and don't get the opportunity to reframe someone's objections. So you said our call about a month ago really resonated around listing prices. So within 30 days, you made the change. I think you made it immediately. It never felt right to me to hide them, but I I was scared. And I think I just needed the nudge or permission. To be clear, I I worked 10 times harder for every conversation and sale not listing my prices. A thousand percent. (laughs) I used to run 25 sales calls a week. We were pushing about 300 PMs a week, 8% booked call rate, 30% Close rate, seven new clients, on dead cold leads, hashtag exhaustion, aka got shingles, not joking. Today, people message us. We have done nothing to change, but change my energy around this. We do still send about 100 welcome messages a week. We're running four calls a week and about four to six new clients a week. Our calls are radically different. People are showing up on the call ready. The conversation isn't us convincing people the program works, but discussing if they are ready for the program and which coaching package makes the most sense. Everything feels so much lighter. I feel in integrity. I didn't realize how much this was blocking me energetically in my business. It's a breath of fresh air. 100%. Feels really cool to take a walk down memory lane because... We've even gone so far now as we have a whole program overview page, like everything is so upfront, so transparent upfront that when people come on a call with us, it is really just to sign up. It is to figure out what program is going to make the most sense for them and for them to be heard, for them to have you know space held for them to understand what's been going on for them and their health and to ensure that they're the right fit for the program. And so it's very much more of like an application process now, whereas before my energy was very much like we need to get anyone who breathes on the phone (laughs) and, and the energy around it is very much, we'll take anyone who's willing to sign up for the program. And today we turn down people from our program. If they're not the right fit, we let people go from our program if they're not the right fit. And that's a very different posture to have. That's a very different energy to have even around your money, which you and I have even, we've talked a lot about that even. Yes. That little nugget as well, quite a bit. Yeah. You know, the other way was going really against the data and the statistics that, you know, only maybe 15% of your leads are ready to buy now. So here you're trying to force some kind of greater percentage the way that you are doing it. Whereas if you use if you put your sales process, all the things that you were doing on that call anyway, forward facing to help them make decisions as they continue on their journey with you, by the time they get to the sales call, then they're going to be a much better prospect and a much better client overall because you've really prepared them yeah. on how you work, on, on what you do, on when they're going to be ready. And it becomes a much more enjoyable process to be transparent instead of, you know, kind of keeping everything under wraps. You know, it's interesting because I often think back to like when I was first starting my business and just being surrounded by other entrepreneurs who were starting their business. And I often heard, you know, concerns of fear, concerns and fears from people around not wanting to feel salesy. But the fastest way to build trust with your potential client is, is that like full, you know, 
full transparency, essentially. Yeah. You know, because again, I was just thinking about what happens now. We have clients that show up on, on the phone call. They're like, I know everything about you. <laughs> I have binge watched every video. I've read through every single page on your website. Like they, they just, I love them. I love the stage 10 clangers, right? And I don't have to do a thing, but hold space for what I'm actually here to do, which is to help them fix their gut because we were just so transparent up front. Okay. And then, you know, I don't mean to switch gears on you here, Tara, yeah, but I just, the other thing that really blew my mind was when we actually started talking about like, how are these things actually converting for you, Alyssa? <laughs> right. Like we're talking about, like, you're like pushing so many cold leads. How is that? I just learned that sheer volume would bring income into the, into Listen, the business. I'm not going to argue with with another person's method of doing things. And I can see how in the beginning that works. And so I think that the best thing to say about when you landed on my doorstep was it was working until it didn't. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it worked. It worked. It got people in the door. It got yeah. you started, Yeah. but it, it caused other problems that needed to then be fixed. If yeah. you were going to, grow with any level of not having shingles. Um, People come to me, their their hair is falling out from stress and also just a huge outspend on marketing that doesn't pay off in the long run for for a whole lot of reasons. The one being, I, I think you know, what I hear from, from business owners is I spent all this money on marketing and this isn't even in necessarily like the quote unquote online space. Like I work with people brick and mortar mm-hmm. and they will tell me the same thing that they have spent a lot of money on Yelp ads, on Google ads, on, you know, print ads, whatever. And that the marketing person is telling them that they that they will deliver customers, but that's not the marketing person's job. Right. It's the salesperson, yeah. the person responsible for sales that converts the lead into a prospect, into a buyer. So mm-hmm. if you don't have sales skills, mm-hmm. no amount of marketing in the world is going to actually work. Yeah, And so there's, there's just these disconnects that eventually start to show up and become problematic. And this constant chase for new leads will just burn you out. Well, I, I thought that the way for me to create financial freedom meant that I had to work my ass off because I was going to have to become a million dollar business. Oh, right. And then we had that conversation around how you can become a millionaire without a million dollar business. Well, not only that, but basically how I can become a millionaire and not have to grow my business any more than it has already grown. Like if I just sustained where I'm at. Yep. 10 years, you'll be a millionaire. And I I think you had more than a million by the, when we calculated it. Yeah, it was two. I think it was, it was over two million. Yeah, in ten years. Yeah. How old are then, you? I'm 33. Oh, so when you're 43 years old, mm-hmm. if you just keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and sustain the business you have, yeah, yeah, that was a mind fuck moment. You know, the other one was when you shared the size of your business and the size of your e- email list. <laughs> 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 and I, you know, 
I came from a place of understanding where I thought I just had to grow this like massive email list and my life would be made. And then, you know, 15,000 email subscribers later, it's just costing me hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. I didn't know how to convert them, but also again, like really talking about this is the most important takeaways. We're focusing on revenue and focusing on profit instead of revenue and focusing on conversions instead of just volume. This has been like such a massive shift for me. Yeah. So, so to Alyssa's point, by the way, there's a quote here. I just pulled it up from, from my friend, Warren Buffett. And he says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. And what he means is your investments, not, you know, selling things for $17 as you sleep. Um, I don't need to do that because I have investments that work way better for me with less effort. But I think what you're, you're pointing to is that every part of the system that I teach, whether it be lead generation, whether it be how you create your offer, whether it be how you structure your sales process or what you do with your money is designed to be profitable. So you might decide that you want a business of $150,000 in revenue. That's not for me to say. That's your choice for whatever your personal reasons are. But that $150,000 is going to be the most profitable revenue you could possibly make. We're not wasting money, time, energy, any kind of resource, any more than what we have to. 100%. It's been really fun working with you. I've had such a blast working with you. It has been so expansive and there just are no words to, to really describe it. You know, just when I think I have gained clarity on a particular topic, I've shared this with you before, you'll come back with a whole other perspective that just like blows my mind in a whole other direction. And and by the time we're done, I feel so confident with such clarity. And that only comes from like understanding that everything has nuance. There's, there's never a right or wrong. There's, there's so many different angles and perspectives. And I, again, I think coming at this with a open mind <laughs> and an expansive understanding. And the reality is, is so the reality good. is, is I'm not changing your perspective. I'm bringing you home to who you are. And I'm giving, right? Like you're actually never even considered things. You're actually unfucking the way that you've been programmed to think so that you can come back to who you actually are. Yeah. And I think part of that is, and when I say expansive, it's like you're offering these perspectives that I, I was just so stuck in my whatever my current thought process was or thinking. And it was just so nice to have someone be like, have you considered this, this side or that side, or what about that side over there? And then for me to be able to land on what feels best for me. Yeah. I mean, I've truly feel like I have steered the ship. Yep. You've been my GPS. You've given me route options, but I've steered the ship. Yeah. And that's, um, that's been a very different feeling and experience than what I've had before. And it feels really cool to feel like for the first time I've built a custom business based on what serves me and serves my clients, what fills me up and brings me joy. 
instead of sort of like this one size fits all online approach. Yeah. I am an entrepreneur using online tools. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no longer an online business. (laughs) You're leveraging the tools of the internet. That's right. (laughs) Which could be anything, right? Like, which is really important right now because big tech is a hot mess. What do you think someone needs to know about me to work with me before they work with me as they're making this decision to work with me? Is there anything that you think somebody needs to know about, about me or how I work or what it's like in my programs? I mean, this is such a good question. And it's not that there's no, the hesitation is not from not knowing what to say. It's how, how to put it into words. I think the most important thing is you're going to come into Tara's world and your mind is going to be blown. (laughs) And all you have to do is just keep coming back and stay committed to the course, because what's going to happen is your mind will shift and evolve and again, expand. And the only thing you have to do is be prepared to take responsibility, but also I think take responsibility and know that Tara is not here to make decisions for you. Mm -hmm. I once shared with a friend of ours, colleague of ours, another client of yours. And I said, Tara does such a beautiful job at answering your question while not answering your question. (laughs) (laughs) And that is because your job is not to give me the answer. Your job is not to tell me how to do, like, to tell me what to do. Your job is to help me expand and upgrade my thinking and my systems so that I can do a better job at making decisions in my business. I, as an entrepreneur, gave my power away and my choices away to, I looked for other coaches and mentors and online people to tell me what they thought I should do. And the best thing that has happened with Tara is Tara helped me realize that I'm capable of making those decisions. And she gave me the tools to feel confident in doing that. And so you just have to show up and be ready to take responsibility and feel uncomfortable. And, and then we, we grow through it and you come at the other end, you're like, whew, that felt wild and good. Let's do it again. And you you continue to expand through another level. You are all uh, more than capable than you think. And I'm, I'm here just to keep reminding people of that, that you're on this path for a reason. You can do it. You are more capable if you show up, right? I'll do anything for, for your success. Do you remember the call where I sat down and we went into your bank accounts together? Yes. I literally needed that handholding. We, we, we arranged that. You were like, do we need to just log in together? <laughs> Do we need yeah, to- you were you were feeling like super uncomfortable about yeah. your about you know like kind of making your allocations for profit first. Yeah, you were being all like awkward and and weird about it. And I was like, hey, do we just need to have a call where I sit there and you log into your accounts? Yeah, easy peasy, handled. Like, let's just get it done. Yeah, yeah, just having. Um- a lot of this was new territory for me and for my husband and having someone who had been through it and I and could just sit there and hold space for me while 
I pushed through some fear Yeah, was such a game changer because as soon as we did that, it was like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> and like nervous system regulation and away you go, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I would love for you, if you have any, you've given so much words of wisdom for women business owners. I really think that this is a very important episode on the podcast. I think you've probably spoken to things that people are really feeling like confession. I've never gone through a lot of these programs that the people I work with have gone through. I've never gone through them intentionally. And so I understand what happens in them, but I'm not, I haven't been in them. And I certainly am experiencing what happens in the online space as a user of social media. Um, You know, early on in my business, I was in some free Facebook groups that I found very like damaging and corrosive to my confidence and those things. Um, But it's really always helpful for me to have my clients like you you know, who are just coming at this maybe from a different lens. So any words of wisdom that you have for anybody before we we roll out of here? I think the easiest way to sum this up is you need to trust your gut. I wouldn't be a gut expert without sharing that. And I don't mean that in, in such a cliche way. I truly mean that because I think what happens is we truly lose touch with our gut because we're putting so much emphasis on what others think we should be doing, including our family, friends, whatever. And we lose touch with our own sense of direction, our own voice, our own values, what feels good. And before we know it, we're running a business that is not creating the feeling that we wanted. And that was ultimately just what happened for me is I got to that place where I'm like, hey, it's worked, air quotations, And yet I feel worse. This isn't what I thought it was supposed to feel like. And that is because I lost touch with trusting my gut. And so that is crucial. It's such a critical element of being the the driver of your ship. And when I say that I feel like I finally built a custom business, that was because I came home to trusting my gut and really getting in tune with what felt good. Do I like doing one-on-one coaching? Do I like group coaching? What parts of my business do I like? What do I not like? What sucks the living daylights out of me? (laughs) And also exploring it from angles that you haven't explored it from. Mm -hmm. Yes. That you're only seeing it being done one way. Yes. That's, that's what I mean by custom. It's like, I only saw, I was given a templated approach to running an online business. I invested in that. I chose that. I take responsibility for that. But I, because I wasn't listening to my gut, I didn't know that there was another option for me. I was scared to choose other options for me. And when I say custom, I mean that you can build whatever it is that you want. And that becomes just what you offer. And if there are people that want something else, then you are not the coach for them. And that's okay. That is okay. And this has also been the thing that has led me to coaches in my life today that are truly in alignment with supporting the outcome I'm trying to create, including how I want to feel. 
And so again, coming home to trusting your gut will guide you in all areas of your business and life. Thank you. Speaking of guts, if we've got people who are listening who are like, oh, I need, I, I might need someone to help me heal my gut, where where could they find you, Alyssa? Uh, so I love hanging out on YouTube. You can find all of my videos on my YouTube channel at Alyssa Labrack gut expert. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Alyssa Labrack gut expert or on my website, alyssalabrack.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. If you've found this podcast valuable, help us develop more bold leaders in the world by sharing this episode with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews like podcast currency, and it's the one thing you can do to help us out here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ. We would be so grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris from Uncommonly More, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure to tune into the next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind.